Hello, everyone. Welcome to Weekly Manga Recap. It's February the 22nd of 2023. I am Nick, joined by Quinn on this Manga Talky Day. And that's what we're going to do. It's a Manga yeah. Talky Day. We're going to talk about manga, amongst other things. Primarily, I yes. suppose, manga, but other things I'm sure will come up. That is generally what happens on the show. So. Um, I guess I have a tangent. Uh, and then Let's I see, guess there we go. I should, yeah, <laughs> it starts off quickly. I should also note I am recording this uh, while under fever with a bit of a headache. So if I feel a little bit out of it or whatever, that is why. If you're curious why I, you cannot see my face, you just see Quaxley. If you're looking at the video version of this podcast, uh, just know I have not had time to do anything today. So I am ashamed to show my face in public. Um, but this past weekend, I went to MagicCon Philly. Um, oh, that explains it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I really was only there for a little bit and everyone was masked. But uh, I mean, I don't know. I also rode a train back and no one was masked there. So that could have uh, been, been what ultimately caused it. I don't know. Um, but uh, it was MagicCon Philly. So if you don't know, it's like Magic the Gathering has various different conventions across you know the area. It could just be Con Crud too in general um i'm so off topic i'm sorry uh it's it's you know a magic convention and i don't want to like stereotype magic players but there is like a particular Please kind don't. Of magic yeah. player yeah um as these are all grown adults who love wizards and casting spells they're a good bunch uh but the convention center was holding two events one of which was magic con the other was like a cheerleading competition for like 11 year old girls and it was hysterical to me <laughs> to watch these two groups have to interact because it was mostly a one-sided interaction where a bunch of cheerleaders would see like someone walk by in wizard robes <laughs> with like a battle mat in their pack their, their pocket and then they would start giggling and i can only imagine how many like adults had their feelings destroyed they're like oh god i have to listen to like teenage or like preteen girls laugh at my hobbies all over again like why why mm -hmm. I don't know, get over it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I found it more charming than anything else. I'm not here to be That's like, fine. That's a great attitude to take. I do hope that no one was, like, actually really upset by it. But, I mean, like, you know, if you don't want to be judged for wearing the kind, that kind of thing, that, like, you know, you've got to be aware that, like, if you get to the convention center, you have to go through the rest of the hotel in order to get there. So you have to plan your routes accordingly. Uh, I do imagine that there must have been some people who got there and were like, oh, my God, this entire zone. Like, it's like just a giant red zone now. That's <laughs> it's impossible. I have to like now I've got to bribe the uh, staff to let me through like the back hallways. <laughs> <laughs> uh i mean there was there was like there's like one gigantic room i would basically say it was like two football fields long combined that was just people oh, playing man. magic like and that was just one room That's of this cool. convention this is a lot of people playing magic well um, it's a philly con so yeah. that's gonna be a big place yeah um i had a thought it's gone now anyway all right <laughs> it was fun times uh i lost Every single match I played, <laughs> I I got crushed. I I did not represent Harrisburg whatsoever or Weekly Manga Recap. I'm sorry, Nick. I failed you. Uh, that's okay. Uh, I feel like uh, if you had come back and 
told me about all the great magic games you won, I would have been like, oh, you mean like that from that one terrible manga we read last year? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I, I used to play Magic 2. I, I know a number of the rules. <laughs> yeah, we were all doing The Gathering on uh, Xbox 360, I believe. No, I was not. Oh. No, because I don't, I don't do community video games very much. So. <laughs> I thought you were there. That's a shame. Nope. I, w- I wish yeah. you were there. How, can I add that? That would have been nice. Uh, it would have been nice to get into a car collecting thing with uh, with you guys. Uh, but instead, I was off my own corner playing Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, good stuff. I, I think I think the part that enchants me the most is less the people, and it was more all of like the life size standees of like cat wizards that all the cheerleaders had to walk by. Like, what is this convention? <laughs> I wonder if like that's gonna be a weird thing. Uh, it, it'd be weirder if they were more familiar with it. I think you know, like it. I if if it were something like uh, that, they're like, oh my god, these guys are like really into like Pokemon. What the hell? <laughs> Don't they have jobs? Don't they have lives? You're not supposed to be into 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 things when you're when you when you hit twenty. Yeah, ew, adults, gross. <laughs> Having interests. <laughs> Speaking of youth culture, Quinn, the kids today. That brings us to our first chapter of this week, which is My Hero Academia, chapter number three hundred eighty, a skosh asterisk. So, uh, my hero's been off for a few weeks as uh, Horikoshi has uh, not been doing too well, but uh, it seems like uh, he's like he's back. Uh, so there's a new, a new chapter this week, uh, kind of picking up where uh, we left off with the tide turning as all the people that Deku uh, influenced to become better uh, stepped in to help out in their darkest hour, uh, including Labrava, gentle using his elasticity powers to hold up the collapsing base and. Uh, Lady Nagant shooting guns, blowing off Shigaraki hands. Uh, so Gentle is uh, still at work trying to prevent everything from literally uh, falling uh, to the earth. Uh, and he reflects in this moment that like, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm at the limits of my power, even with LeBrava's ability helping me out. Uh, and he happens to spot Deku, you know, going off to fight Shigaraki outside off of the base. And uh, he thinks to himself, like, you know, this is this is, you know, very different. You know, I'm I'm participating here and I'm all by myself. There's no there's no audience. There's no camera. Uh, I'm not going to get any cheers or jeers for what I'm doing today. And then he spots the uh, camera guys from the business course uh, filming him. And immediately he's like, oh, my God, an audience. Uh, but uh, he does the good guy thing and says, hey, don't, you know, don't 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 bother filming this. you got to, you know, rush to safety. And they say, we're the business course and we do film it stuff. And that helps that helps heroes. And it's like, yes, it, I mean, you know, it's, it's public relations stuff. It's important. We've talked about this, but they have their big, you know, they give a big spiel about how everyone uh, is been falling apart and they say like they wouldn't they weren't able to help when uh you know dobby 
blew up everything by turning people against heroes and now they're trying to do their part to turn the tide and reforge the link between heroes and the and the public so that's nice uh also then labrava hacks their phones uh to make sure that everything gets immediately streamed to everyone uh, and there's a really cool shot of her as she's like, oh, man, imagine Gentle having to do all this and having nobody see him. I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to let that happen. And the shot of her is, you know, just like, you know, just full on. I'm in love with Gentle face. But it's uh, looking at her through the, the monitor of the computer that she's working at. It's a it's a neat shot. Yeah. Where are the camera? Uh, and uh, very briefly, we stopped by a bunch of the murderous twice togas uh who are wanting to kill all the heroes kuragiri uh is having a bit of a time so when the twices go to overwhelm aizawa and kill him uh suddenly uh he, as he and you know president mike had sent over the the edge of the platform and are going to fall to their deaths uh, they fall through a portal that Kuragiri conjures <gasps> and uh, so you know everyone's like what wait, what the hell what did did, did he save them and Mandalay uh, concludes well maybe he was just completely removing erasure from the battlefields because that, that actually would help Shigaraki uh, so ooh nebulistis you know was, was Kurigiri protecting his old friends or was he following his programming to protect Shigaraki um oh good it's time for all for one to talk so <laughs> everyone's Deku's... favorite part of the chapter <laughs> Deku is squaring off of Shigaraki all for one starts talking about how Oh, I, I, I wanted to. I was going to meld minds with with Tamura Shigaraki, but his impulse for destruction eclipsed all my hopes, and I've kind of lost control of him. But I've got to complete the Demon Lord, and uh, because this body that I'm in, its role is done, so I've got to meld with him. Uh, so Hawks flies over to try and stop him because he's flying away from their battlefield. Uh, slashes at him with his blade feathers for for a second. Uh, uh, but all for one just smirks and says, the wind seems to blow my way uh, and just cast his, his palms directly at Hawks's stomach and he falls apart, just <gasps> ripped apart by some sort of vortex. And uh, Tokoyami from a distance watches his mentor be killed. Yeah, that's bad. That's not... <laughs> Chapter end. Wow, what a week of my hero, Nick. So, Quinn, weird, weird title though. Did 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 this? Did you actually for a moment think, oh, Hawks is dead? When when this happened? No, because it took me a moment to read the manga this week, and I got spoiled on the Tokoyami. I got spoiled. well, I got spoiled on the Tokoyami reaction face, and I was like, that face it's feels like it'd be out of. Uh, that feels like it would be out of place in a chapter where Hawks dies. I haven't seen that face yet, so it would be crazy if he's yeah. like, my mentor! Hawks <laughs> uh, is not dead. The illusion of Hawks is dead, and and as it goes, it turns into um, a shoujo drawing of Hawks with big bishy eyes and roses everywhere. And then Tokoyami reacts to that, like, what, what, what the fuck just happened? Because he doesn't know what's happened. It's Kami! 
Everyone wanted Kami to show up. I'm sure there's a certain horny section of the fan base that's very glad she's back. You know, the Shiketsu girl with the illusion power, she showed, she's summoned an illusion of, of Hawks, and that's what got destroyed. Uh, so Kami shows up. She's riding on a flying finger because Squinty Eyes Shiketsu guy is there as well. Uh, as is Yorashi, who is summoning tornadoes and stuff. And he and Yorashi gets the last line of the chapter, which is, Listen up, pal, I am the guy who decides which way the wind blows. So, skipping over a little bit of a point that we're, we'll, come, we'll circle back around to in just a moment. That's, that's the big thing is, oh, the Shiketsu High kids are here, and they're here to help out. Which is a little bit of a law of diminishing returns, I feel like. if you keep is, We've had several chapters in a row now of like, oh my god, a, a person we weren't expecting to show up and help has showed up to help. And it's like, okay. But, you know, the three in a row that you had, it's like, okay, these are now quasi-reformed villains that, you know, had a personal connection to Deku in some form or another. And then it's these guys that Deku has had no attachment to whatsoever. Uh, I was going to say, I think so, Bakugo ended up with more of a connection to these guys, didn't he? Or no, because uh, they, they, well, he took the uh, the makeup course yeah, with, uh, with these two, yes. Yeah. Yes. So he's he definitely has a, more of a connection than Deku does. Um, So... That's in general how I feel about that. Uh, however, I do think that this fake out and the shocked reaction that Tokuyami has, well worth it. I'll take that. I guess we should talk a little bit about... Um... The whiny babies? <laughs> yeah, so, okay, look. I don't like circling around to this point every time that it comes up, but... This is in relation to a manga that we regularly talk about, uh, and specifically uh, in regards to the translation we talk about. There was a post that got a bit of attention in uh, certain manga discussion circles uh, on social media this uh, this week when this chapter dropped, comparing what Kami says uh, in the official English version versus a fan-translated version. The big dispute is over the way that Kami's lines are translated because she has a lot of Yaru slang as part of her character. She's kind of this like kind of ditzy, fashionable character. And so you get bombarded with a bunch of slang in her like two sentences of dialogue. And there's a bunch of like translator notes. There are like there are like margin notes Uh that translate her slang uh, so she says that the, the child of the chapter, a skosh, is because she says, if I'd been here, a skosh later and some bad would have happened. A skosh is an old piece of slang that means a little bit. It actually comes from like a Japanese word, sokoshi, which means a little bit. So eh, interesting. Uh, and But she also refers to Hawks as a certified hottie that she's simping for. So... This got translated in a fan translation without these footnotes as if like, oh, why did the official translator have to put footnotes down? Well, if you look at the original Japanese, she was speaking in slang and there were notes from the author about what the slang meant, which concludes with, I honestly don't know what this one means. It's a joke because, oh, the Gen Xer doesn't understand how the kids talk these days. Isn't that kind of funny? It's like, oh, this is beyond me. Hey, little joke. 
So that got removed in the fan translation, which makes it better. It's it's look, but, but Nick, they called Hops not, a twink. I'm not going to get into all of that stuff. There's been enough said about that. My main hangup was that, yes, the fan translation refers to Hawks as a twink, a S-class twink, no less, which leads me to ask why? Because as far as I was concerned, I didn't consider Hawks to be a twink, period. I put up a poll on Twitter asking, is Hawks an S-class twink? Most people said no. They they preferred the option of certified hottie. But 40% said he's an S-class twink. So that is definitely not an insignificant portion of people. So, okay. I, I guess that it's tolerable. Though I will definitely still say that if a 16-year-old girl is going to express that she finds a dude physically attractive, she's probably not going to call him a twink. Probably. So, yeah, that's that's my two cents on the twink versus versus not twink debate, which is a thing I have to say now. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have too much to say on that. I think my offer was uh, he's he's absolutely a scruffy hottie, which seems more in line with certified hottie than uh, S class twink. But what what do I know? Um, I, I will simply say that I really. Like, I, I, I just prefer this version of the translation. It feels more like if you're trying to capture that idea of what, like, you know, a Gen Z kid, quote unquote, mm-hmm. would be saying. Uh, it just feels l- a little bit closer. It also does feel like an adult who has learned the slang writing a Gen Z kid. <laughs> um, yes. But that's that's inevitable. That is the situation here. Like, it is very difficult to often write youthful characters without sounding forced. Yeah, the longer the longer that you're creating work about teenagers by virtue of the fact that you're getting older while writing it, the more distance there is between you and the the, the group that you're trying to represent. Like that just yeah. happens naturally. Um that is also like the larger question here of like fan scanlations versus official translations. I don't really have the brain power to like get into it. Um, I'll simply just say, as for the chapter itself, um, I was pretty meh on it. Um, you you kind of hit one of my problems, which, you know, it feels like you were like, hey, guys, Edge is back in the Royal Rumble. And then like six spots later, you're like, and the hurricane. You're like, should have started with hurricane. You shouldn't have. <laughs> you shouldn't have started with Edge. You definitely should have led up to Edge uh, if you're going to do it. Um this is and i just don't care whatsoever about these three characters uh i never cared about them when they were kind of being presented as like not a rival faction i never really knew what they were presenting them for just like here are other characters from another school yeah i mean one once you arashi and todoroki kind of buried the hatchet it's like all right that storyline's done so yeah. so you know cool all 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 my friends are here but uh i'm not I didn't have particularly too many strong thoughts on this chapter. By the way, those of you who insist that Hawks definitely is a twink are clearly shipping him with Endeavor, who is like twice his age. And I just want you to be aware of that. Okay, so. Oh, no. Uh, Nick, we're going to talk about Undead Unluck. It helps if I had have my hand on the right keys. I was just trying yes. to enter and I was like, why is my page not going up? 
Um, this is 147 Run-In, and we get a cover page of Fuko and all of her friends. But they're bread. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, they're yes little, they are. They're little bread bears. They're bread bears, yes. That's a very cute thing. Terrifying, but cute. Um, hey, Nick. I like the... I really like the Tatiana one because yeah. she's inside of a, of a of a of a bigger piece of bread. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guess what, Nick? We're in the war. Like we added, yep. this, we added our friends. We're in the war now. We got to deal with that. And uh, this chapter really is about Tella. Um, it is. We, we, yes, we get some some knowledge on Billy and a little bit of creep. But this is really a chapter about Tella, who was sort of the one member of this group we knew nothing about. Uh, essentially, he and Billy are mercenaries in this war who know there is a super weapon in this battlefield and they want to collect it, uh, essentially, so that no one else can have it. They're they're being hired to obtain it, but they're they're planning to just take it for themselves to not use it. And, you know, Billy is, is very co- sort of casual about the fact he's like, yeah, we're just going to keep the Duke for ourselves and never use it. And Tella's like, oh, wow, I'm so inspired by you. You're so cool. And, and Billy's like, yep, yeah, perhaps, you know, one, one day there'll be one less war in the world because of all the reference. And I apologize. I'm not going to get into so many of the specifics um, simply just due to my brain feeling like it's it's exploding. Um, there is there is quite a bit of war is hell that happens in the first half of this chapter is, yeah. is, is essentially what happens. Yeah. Uh, and uh Meanwhile, while war is hell, Tella's doing his best to help out the soldiers that are stuck in it. So. Yeah, they're, they're a group called Horizon Balance, um, which is a little amusing that eventually. Oh, uh, absolutely. Uh, what's his name goes on to get unbalanced. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Tella is like using a very beautiful singing voice to entertain his fellow compatriots who have been injured. And they're like, hey, like you should get out of here, dude. Like we're injured doesn't make any sense to protect us we're just gonna act as decoys like you should get out of here and tell us like no i'm not gonna do that we only truly attain victory if we all return home it doesn't matter if it's soft we have to do this um and then they they have like a little creed that we are horizon balance our bodies differ but our souls are one one may die but the soul will not the the soul that remains will take over for the fallen and continue to live on until the day the world is fair and balanced. So that kind of goes to explain why Billy's uh, the way he is. That's why his philosophy is the way he is. Um, so Tella's like, hey, I'm going to go handle this communication thing that's a little bit away from our camp. Um, I'm not going to let anyone get hurt. Uh, he sees tanks rolling in towards his camp, though, and he's like, I have to warn them. But Nick, what should happen But is negator ability activates until and he is physically unable to communicate not only can he not shout into a radio to warn his compatriots he cannot use a morse code either his finger just refuses to let him tell anything and he can't even run to the scene he tries to go run to people but he can't and he's like oh no everyone's going to die someone please save us I do really like that, you know, he's a very capable guy at his job. So he's like, okay, my voice isn't coming out. So I'm just going to use Morse code. He immediately goes to the next option. And it's just any type of communication that involves his own body is the specific wording he can't do, which presumably is how he's able to communicate 
with that weird device thing that was kind of hooked up to him. Uh, I don't know exactly how that, uh, you know, was overcome. Like if it's just picking up neural signatures or something. Uh, But uh, I do appreciate that. Like, you know, it's, it's not a matter of like, Oh, why does he just circumvent? It's like, no, literally any type of communication that involves any type of physical action. He can't do. Yeah. Uh, So this tank rolls up who is inside it, but Creed, he's like, all right, time to fire fires off this big shell hits the camp direct explosion smokes there they're like yeah this was this is definitely it and creed gives like a big announcement to his group that's like look this is how you win a war you just got to do this uh but then a report comes in it's like captain creed the camp is unscathed and they're like hey wait my treads won't move not on my what's going on and we cut over and we see what happened uh, it is fuko gina and void we're standing there in fatigues they all got fun little outfits and uh creed is just like what the heck's going on and fuko's like gina mr void you're on backup i'm gonna keep the heat and she has a fucking sniper rifle which is pretty it's cool. fucking great it's a really cool image to end on you know with uh gina with her arm outcast and fuko with her fucking sniper rifle yeah. um and yeah i mean like it it, it feels we knew that there was going to have to be like a deliberate uh a version of a tragedy in this but in the very short time that we have like you do really feel Tella's despair over like knowing that something horrible is going to you know hurt his companions kill them and he can't do anything about it so then when the when the good guys show up it's a big like oh yay everything everything's everything's gonna be okay because our our heroes are here yeah and it looks like you can see um nico and a chico in the background helping soldiers at least i Mm -hmm. believe that's them uh of course we uh we i I did kind of suspect that uh between the three people that some of them would not be on the same side uh but it's going to be interesting to see how that's overcome if they're going to recruit all three of them yeah creed is a good guy nick (laughs) yeah he was always a good guy who had no problem with shooting many bullets at children (laughs) (laughs) he was good in art um this is an okay chapter. I like the cute little outfits at the end. That's probably weirdly my favorite part of the chapter. Uh, Understandable. There's not a lot of happiness to be found in this otherwise. But, but I, I do like Tella's backstory. It's very good. <sighs> All right. Well, Quinn, if that if I'm that trying to sigh off of... camera, but I clicked, I closed the chapter and realized what the next one is, and I can't hide that displeasure. Quinn, if you were thinking that there wasn't enough happy times to be found in Undead Unluck, maybe Boruto. <laughs> oh my god. Chapter number 78. Super Idiot! Uh, featuring uh, Naruto in blue. Dabba dee dabba die. Uh, he's not in this chapter. Roto. Blue Roto. Blue Roto? Nar Bluto. Na Bluto. Yeah. Not Bluto, yeah. Uh so the 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 scouting troop realizes that Naruto and Hinata's chakra signatures have disappeared. So they finally are good for something. They're like, Well, something happened to them. They just disappeared. And Chikamara's getting this report is way too calm about it, to be honest. He's like, What? They disappeared. What do you mean? Uh, what happened? Could it have been code? And they're like, I don't know. Uh, but we did detect Kawaki's chakra a second ago. Blah, blah. Uh, 
Himawari shows up at home. She sees, oh my gasp, the, the picture fell over, and she immediately knows something's wrong for her mom and dad. <laughs> uh, Shikamaru tells Boruto that his mom and dad have been have gone missing, and he's also very calm about this. He's just like, why would Kawaki do that? Uh, and Shikamaru's like, I don't know. Ada, can you see anything? And Ada says, yeah, it was definitely Kawaki. I don't know what he did, but the Hokage and his wife were swallowed up by a dark vortex-like thing. Uh, and then Kawaki disappeared. Well, where is he now? And Ada says, I have no idea since he's not physically visible, so I can't track him with my Senrigan. Which is said in such a tiny panel, just like this re re reveal that, oh, there is a, a weakness of the Senrigan. She can't see literally everything. I guess that would be so absurd, just, Nick. Why would you, you give just, a character an ability that powerful? You couldn't do that. You'd have to like nerf it or that. something. Yeah, and like do it in a very abrupt manner. <laughs> so Boruto rushes off to uh, try and do something. Ada uses her Senrigan to kind of rewind the tape and watch the conversation between Kawaki and Naruto and Hinata. Uh, and uh, he sa she says, yeah, it seems like Kawaki's planning to kill Boruto again. And Serata is right there. And she says, kill Boruto again? What do you mean again? <laughs> no one told her. <laughs> no one told her that Kawaki killed Boruto. <laughs> uh, so she's like, what the hell? I thought I thought you said the code killed Boruto. And Shikamaru's like, well, Kawaki dealt the, the blow. But Boruto asked him to. So... Because it was Momoshiki threatened. I, that's probably why Kawaki's doing the same thing. So Sarada just starts to leave too. And uh, Sumire says to her, it's too dangerous, Sarada. And Shikamaru's like, yeah, Sarada, stop. It's too dangerous. Kawaki must be unstable right now. So you can't just talk him out of it. Leave him to us. And Sarada stops for a second. And she says, I only found out Boruto died after he'd already been resurrected. I had never had any idea that he'd ever been in danger. And now that I do know, I can't just stand around and do nothing. She cool. pauses Nick, to give the big dramatic like, speech. It sounds like Serata's going to have like a cool hero moment. Oh, man. So then she rushes off. So then uh, Boruto's running around. Uh, Kawaki uh, attacks him uh, with the same vortex thing. But Naruto, Boruto is able to use the, the karma to just dissipate the, the ability. So he's fine. And uh, so Boruto's like, what did you do to my mom and dad? And Kawaki pops this weird black cube out. And he's like, oh, I use Daikokuten. It's an ability that allows access to a dimension where time is frozen. So your parents will be fine. They won't need to eat. They won't even age. But you'll never see either of them again. Drops boxes on Boruto. And Boruto has ah! to dodge. Boxes! So... Boruto's like, why are you doing this? And Kawaki says, because you're an Otsutsuki and I've got to kill you. <laughs> so uh, they keep, they he attacks him with his giant claw thingy. Boruto fights back with the karma a bit. And he, it's like, I guess we can't talk now. Meanwhile, abruptly cut to Amado and Sai talking in a way that is very important and essential. Amado asks what's going on. Sai says, be quiet. Amado says, I heard that Kawaki attacked the Hokage. What's going on? 
if Kawaki is not cooperating and this the ability makes it difficult to hold him and Sai says we might have to take extreme measures cool this conversation was pointless bye they Kawaki and Boruto fight more they fight more they fight more but then, oh man, a fireball from off panel, and it's going to hit Kawaki, so he's distracted and has to absorb it with the karma. Serata is here in order to make a difference, and Kawaki says, if you don't want to die, don't butt in. And Boruto's like, run, Serata, he'll kill you. And Serata grimaces, and she hops down, and she's crouching next to her teammate. She's going to help Boruto fight Kawaki. And she says, that means I've got to stay, because I'm, uh, I'm aiming to be Hokage. Yeah, she knows where she needs to be. She knows what needs to be done. And Kawaki says, You shinobi really are destined to die early. Ha, my arm is a blade. Swipe. And Serata stands there. She has the Sharingan. I just want to point that out. She, she has, has the, the Sharingan. Sh- she has the Sharingan. We know she has it. Uh, she could have activated it at any time. So Kawaki slashes Serata is going to take her head off and Boruto literally has to tackle her to the ground to save her life because she is not an important character. That's what the manga is telling us, Quinn. She's not an important character. She literally shouldn't have shown up. What's the purpose of her showing up? So that Boruto had to put himself in arm's way to protect her. And look, Boruto's eye has been slashed now. That's how he gets the eye scar wow. thing that we saw in chapter one. This is wild. Now all the pieces are adding up. I can't wait to find out where Kawaki gets his stupid scarf and then all the pieces will finally be in place. My God, Boruto, his eyes injured. And Serata, you know, of course, is looking up at his face as, as they part. And she's like, oh, my God, Boruto, your eye. And Boruto says, I'm fine. Just run. Okay. Kawaki, who is like, I have to kill the Otsutsuki, does nothing to take advantage of this opening. He's just standing over them, looking down at them, and he's like, get out of the way, Serata, or are you still feeling the need to interfere? Uh, and then an arm reaches out. Oh my god, Mitsuki stops Kawaki. Mitsuki did something. I can't believe this. Stops Kawaki from doing anything. And oh my god, Shikabaru's here and uses his shadow paralysis thing to stop him. Also, Konohamaru's here. He does nothing. I don't think he says anything. So, <laughs> oh, he says, you okay, Boruto? My mistake. Sasuke's also here. He holds his sword up to Kawaki's throat and is like, look, I'm going to kill you if you resist. Don't do anything. So, Shikamaru demands to know what's happened to Naruto and Hinata and... Kawaki's like, I'm doing this because I have to. Boruto is kind of, you know, messed up a bit. So he pulls his hand away from his injured eye. And oh, man, it's got Otsutsuki eye now. So he reaches out with his karma thing and absorbs the shadow paralysis jutsu so that it's no longer holding Kawaki down. And so Kawaki's like, oh, oh, an opening and shrinks out of Mitsuki's arm uh, and darts away to safety. And uh, Boruto tells him, you can't afford to get taken down here if you want to kill me. And Kawaki's like, why are you planning to help me? And Boruto Momoshiki says, you're surrounded, so leave. So Kawaki bamps and shrinks and leaves. And everyone's like, man, he got away. Ah. So Sasuke asks the very obvious question, which really should have an obvious answer to because he looks at Momoshiki Boruto and says, what's he trying to do? Why save Kawaki who wants to kill him? Gee! 
I don't know. Maybe because he's got a karma and they need that for their ultimate plan. Like, come on. So the Momoshiki thing fades from Baruto's eye. He stumbles over. Serata immediately is like, I'm sorry, Boruto. Because of me, you're injured. And Boruto says, it's not your fault, Serata. It was that blockhead super idiot. Oh, that's where the chapter title comes yeah. from. Mitsuki has an unconvinced look on his face, question mark, and goes, yep, that's right. Uh, and then there's an internal conversation between Momoshiki and Boruto, where Momoshiki's like, you've lost an eye now, boy, but now you're going to lose everything in short order. The end has already begun. Ooh. God, the end this chapter fucking was... Manga. This chapter's dumb. It's bad. <laughs> this is a dog shit chapter. I've seen people in the chat say this is a good chapter in comparison to no! this chapter's dog shit. It has the energy of like a D&D game. One of the oh, yes. where one of the players just decides to go evil and start killing yes. everybody and everyone else has to like kind of act out a character and just do stupid yes. shit. Like it's just a mess dramatically and has no satisfaction to it in any way shape or form. There is no like dramatic satisfaction out of anything that happens in this exchange serata looks fucking stupid um all these characters just like kind of spontaneously show up at the scene which is cool but none of them do anything impressive none. like he just shrinks and gets away it's just it's all bad. the people all the people that could have done anything like sasuke has a sword at kawaki's throat and he does nothing when the shadow jutsu goes away from him. When he said, if you don't cooperate, I will kill you right here. He does nothing. How many abilities does Sasuke have? He could have used so many of them to stop him. He could have put him under a genjutsu while they had him paralyzed. And then they would have just like 100% locked him down. But no, everyone's got to be stupid in order in order to allow Kawaki to be a bad guy for now. It. You completely nailed it with the D&D comparison. I had the exact same vibe off of this. Of Yeah, an RPG where we've got a plot, plot going and no one's, and one guy is impatient, so they decide to just completely do their own thing and everyone's just got to react to it. It's so annoying. Uh, and yeah, Serata looks worse than useless in this chapter. She has a moment where it looks like she's going to finally do something because she's like, I can't just sit idly by. My friend is in danger and I have to help him because that is what a good ninja does. And then because she shows up, she has to be protected and makes everything worse. It sucks. Yay! <laughs> Done! Yeah, uh, not great. Let's Let's move on. I need anything to wash the taste of it out of my mouth. Well, Chainsaw Man is usually good for that. I think. <laughs> Chapter 121 The Theory of Happiness. Uh, last time, after Asa had, uh, quote unquote, been dumped by Denji, uh, Yoshida showed up and was like, hey, you want to spend some time with me? So they go to the Devil Hunter Club Student Council office. So. I was under the impression that the devil, that the president of the Devil Hunter Club was just like members of both but i guess they're just the same thing so that makes sense i, I suppose yeah uh so the two of them are hanging out by themselves in this club slash student council office uh and, and uh yoshida gives asa some coffee and she's like are you sure we can drink this because doesn't this belong to the devil hunter club and yoshida points out that she's technically a member so yeah she can hang out here so um 
Asa looks at Yoshida and she's thinking about him a little bit about how like, hey, so he rejected me when Yoru decided to ask him out. He's he hangs out with Denji a lot. He's also supposedly a public safety devil hunter, despite being in high school. Why is he spending his time on a loner like me? Could it be he started noticing me after I asked him out? Oh, this poor girl. Uh, so Yoshida asks her what she was, you know, talking to herself about in the previous chapter. She says, oh, that life is easier if you're just on your own. Poor girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yoshida says, I mean, I don't know why you would talk about that out loud, but I kind of agree with you more or less because, you know, like if it's it's probably easier to get by if you live with another person, but there's no guarantee that you can permanently build a mutually agreeable relationship. Uh, and these days with books and TV, you can have one sided parasocial relationships. So the solitary life is less easy. And Asa just thinks to herself, he's affirming my values. He does like me. Oh, this poor girl. <laughs> she just she just needs a friend. I I, I a friend who won't die. <laughs> yeah, well, that. good luck with that. Uh you live in a Fujimoto story. Yeah. So is like, I'm glad we're on the same page. There's something I wanted to tell you for a while now. The thing is, and oh my god, Asa, and you can see Asa starting to blush because she thinks that he's gonna confess to her. And then he says, I want you to stay away from Denji, which, of course, shocks and befuddles her. Uh, and she asks why. And he says, I'd rather not say, you know, interpret it however you like. Thanks for the chat. Have a good one. Bye. Just gone. Just gone. No softening the blow in any way, shape or form. He's just leaves her with that. I, I, I love that. Like, I'm glad we had this chat. Bye. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, like they just had a nice conversation. Hmm. What a fuck. Also, he put out coffee for both of them and they did not did not even bother to stop and have his coffee. It really like, feels like he job was, done. It really feels like he knew it when he was making it too. He was just like, I'm not staying around for this coffee, I'm but I'm going to lead her on to believe that I am. <laughs> what a shit. Uh so Naomi is hanging out with with Denji at their apartment, uh, and is resting her head on i guess his butt and says i smell something nasty makes sense uh but she says it's the nastiest devil scent that i've ever smelled go god chainsaw man it's devil hunting time so she has two catchphrases for denji so she is a little kid that's great but denji is super depressed because you know he was just told to reject a girl by her and he says, I don't feel like being Chainsaw Man, even if everybody finds out I'm Chainsaw Man, even if the ladies want me, you're just going to block me anyway. I congratulate him on not saying cock block in front of a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, I want to watch you fight, though. Uh, so Denji says, well, am I just going to be single and alone my whole life, though? So she points out to him, I mean, if you turn into Chainsaw Man, lots of people will like you. And you could get way more love that way than you would with the girlfriend. So doesn't that sound super awesome? And then she says, hang on, let me think it over. Does not move from his spot on the floor, stares into space for a couple panels. Mouth open. Hell yeah. So he's convinced because 
Our boy Denji is not very bright, so. Yeah, I love that we've now established Denji just has very long thought processes, and sometimes we'll get to see how they work, and sometimes we won't. Sometimes. Meanwhile, Asa's walking home, sad, because <laughs> this poor girl, she can't have any human connection with anyone. Um, But she just starts getting really down on herself, because she's like, I just kind of like convince myself that people like that someone will like me and then when i'm wrong my feelings just get hurt so it will really would just be better if i were just alone rather than feel like this convince myself that someone wants to be with me and then be proven wrong and get hurt it's poor girl uh and yoru is is meanwhile there and just says you know you might be right (laughs) it's just like yes be alone you won't be hurt that way uh so, um, but she does go on to say, because Asa keeps on browbeating herself, and Yoru says, look, I think you might be being a little bit too down on yourself. And Asa says, look, I'm just tired. I'm tired of my inability to maintain a lasting relationship with another human being. Maybe I'd be better off dead. No. And then someone falls next to her. And uh, she looks over. And uh, a guy has uh, fallen on the ground from uh, a balcony next to her of an apartment complex, and uh, his uh, his 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 limbs are bending the wrong way. He's 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 probably dead. He's not doing great. Uh, I don't think he's going to pop up from this one, Nick. No. Uh, so uh, Yoru uh, warns her after I believe taking over the body, like if something's wrong. Stay back, Asa. She looks up and she sees. Uh, a whole bunch of people in the apartment complex looking over their balconies at her. And that's the end of the chapter. Uh, some sort of devil has pr- probably showed up and uh, is probably going to be putting Asanyoru in danger. We'll see uh, how that goes. Yeah, and presumably this might be the devil that uh, uh, Nayuta smelled and Denji might show up. Yeah, possibly. If, uh, if Denji's going to go out fighting as Chainsaw Man, then uh, maybe he and Asa will be, their paths will be forced to cross, despite Naomi's best efforts. So, yeah. Good stuff. We had to talk about Kaiju number eight, though, which yes. is on chapter 80. Yep. Uh, and in eight more chapters, it'll be eight, Kaiju number 888. Oh, oh, we should do like a celebration. Yeah. Like a party. Now invite everybody from Kaiju number eight here. Okay. I hope that some of them return our invitations. Uh, I'm going to send invitations out now. Kafka. Kikoru. Yeah, that's a character. Yes. Yes. Reno. Yes. I feel bad. I'm going to invite a lot of Kaijus just because their names are pretty easy to remember. (laughs) Kaiju nine, Kaiju number 10. (laughs) It's Uh, a lot of Kaijus at this party, Nick. Lieutenant Hoshina, of course. Got to have. Got to. Gotta have the cool guy there. He's a uh, sass. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll just address one to Reno's boyfriend and see if that works. If he responds Aww. to the invitation, it means it's correct. Oh, so. that would be beautiful. I love love. All right. So it's chapter 80. Last time Kikoru was seeing the ghost of her mother uh, fighting uh, in front of her and decided that she needed to surpass her right ne- right here, right now. And she does in this moment as she swings her axe and freaking slices off one of Kaiju number 15's arms as she's forced to block it. Uh, and number 15 is just totally shocked by this. Like, what the hell just happened? 
Uh, and Kikoru's uh, Unleashed Combat Power is rising ever further. It's up to 93%, which is right at the same level that her mother was at at, at her peak. Uh, guy who only ever talks about he, about Hikari Shinomiya is like, oh my god, she's surpassed Hikari Shinomiya. Uh, and everyone's like, yeah, do it, surpass her in strength. And Kikoru unleashes a this ridiculous axe technique which basically is you know two a, a chop and then a follow-through chop cuts off kaiju number 15's head as her power potential goes even further past her mother's and she has exposed the core and she's like all right here we go i've got to get rid of it but kaiju number 15's head tilts and spins through the air and grins maniacally down at her and Kikoru has just enough of a moment to go, wait, why is she smiling like that? Before she realizes that this tendril has pierced into her back uh, that is part of this bizarre web that has sprung up everywhere around her and, and Kaiju number 15, who starts to return to her monstrous form as she says, I'm connected. And Kikoru is cast into a world of darkness uh, everyone at command is reacting to everything like, wait, what's going on? Uh, there's all these fluctuations in her mental graph. Her radio is inaccessible. And there's this huge neurosync detected. What's going on? Uh, and Kikaru is, meanwhile, in this mental landscape, uh, surrounded by Kaiju number 15's voice, uh, which is taunting her, saying, why do you try so hard? Why do you want to be strong so badly? And Kikoro starts to argue, is because I want to protect the country from people like you. And Kikoro said, and she's told, you're a liar. So Kikoro says, it's to protect the lives of those I care about. You know, liar. Why do you want to protect the lives of those you care about? And Kikoro is like, because I, because, and she can't really understand it. So Kaiju number 15 snaps her fingers and says, you know yourself, don't you? Little Kikoru, why do you want to be strong so badly? And when she snaps her fingers, Kikoru was a little girl again. And Kikoru admits, I wanted to be strong. And she thinks to the times that her parents would like, give her a pat on the head because I wanted to earn their praise. I wanted them to praise me more. And she starts to cry. And Kaiju number 15 appears out of the void and grips her around the shoulders from behind and says... You're a good little girl. You don't have to try so hard. So why don't you just give up? After all, try and try as you might. Your mommy and daddy are long gone, along with any hope you ever had of earning their praise again. Ew! <laughs> <laughs> well, Nick, she likes her mom. Yeah, um, and her dad. Yeah, she loves being praised. Um... I'm in like kind of a, a point where I I'm struggling with how to feel on this chapter um, because on one hand like you, you want the kaijus that are numbered to be like significant threats and you don't want one that's just like eliminating like three chapters when like mostly every other big numbered kaiju had like an entire arc devoted for like I know we're kind of like growing an escalation but like it'd be kind of a letdown if like 15 wasn't strong. Um, but at the mm -hmm. same time, I, I don't know what will surpass Kikoru literally 
surpassing her mother's ghost. Like that was yeah. such a cool moment that I'm just like not excited to read anything else in the same way. I could still be surprised. Like I'm not trying to say like this is a bad plan. It's just as a reader in this moment, I'm like, I feel like we should have saved that moment for a little bit later if this fight was going to keep continuing. I definitely, definitely, definitely see where you're coming from. Uh, I am reserving judgment on this, but I cannot help but have the gut feeling of should have just had her dash past her mom's ghost and chop Kaiser number 15 and a half and that and have, have, have it be done with that. No. Uh, we do have for another thing like what five more fights to get through after after this point. So I don't know, maybe keeping it, you know, kind of short and punchy and satisfying is the way to go. Maybe there'll be a big thing that comes from this that makes us feel even more positive about the fight as a whole. But when you hit that high, it feels like just 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 end that point, you know, end the match on your biggest spot. Just just let it go. Yeah, this is this is like hitting the one winged angel and then they kick out and then you pick them up and you hit them with a <laughs> clothesline and then they're down. You're just like, all right, man. Um, I think it was uh, JB in our discord who brought up something that I did want to mention as well, oh. that it is kind of weird that nobody has commented on the fact that Kaiju number 15 has, is like an evil clone of Kikoru. Do they have a visual on the fight? They, at this point? they might not, but has Kikoru herself even really commented on it? Uh, she's reacted at least once to it. But I don't know if she's actually had time to talk about it while she's been fighting. I guess, yeah, maybe it looks something different to everybody. And maybe the the, the, um, I can't think of the word, but command doesn't have a visual or something like that. Um, But it does seem weird that this very notable thing about Kaiju number 15 really doesn't seem to be getting a whole lot of spotlight. True. I get your point. Yeah. Or uh, JB's point. Yeah. Let's hit on Akane Banashi, Chapter 50, Master's Desire. Yeah. Uh, Akane's uh, performance of Fetching Tea gets a little write-up in the news afterwards. So it was a hit. It went over well. And we see that uh, Urara and Mayura are reacting to this. Uh, and uh, Mayura says, "Are you? Do you? Are you worried that like Akane is going to get like singled out again, uh, or rather, uh, Urara asked that of, of Akane because they're hanging out and like having a meal with her." And Akane says, "No, no, no. Actually, uh, that's not how things have been. People have been nice to me since the article came out. And so our journalism friend, he did a bit of he did a bit of work this time. He made sure that she was cast in a good light uh, as a result of this performance. So, good job." on his part yeah he's got journalistic integrity uh there's a moment where he has you know like you know oh flash the victory sign like ah i'm doing a good job for the background i might like, just like he's like oh i guess that just being invited to perform helped her overcome the controversy and he's like oh, no credit for me oh but he, he's not even real he's not actually there he doesn't know they're talking about him what am i saying i don't feel bad for you fake double fictional character you're a fi- you're a fictional within the narrative of this fictional story so there yeah Anyway, uh, but Rara points out to Akane, it looks like he lost, though, because the greatest applause of the day went to Rokuro's performance, even though you learned from me. So she's going like, to starts being hard on her. But it's one of those things of like, look, Akane's got a lot of potential, but she's got a lot of people she needs to 
uh, surpass if she wants to rise to the top of the Rakugo world, basically. Um, then she brings up the Narara brings up uh, that Akane is wanting to perform to learn from Master Hasho uh, his performance of Hirabayashi uh, and uh, so you know Urara's like why do you want to learn from him so much and so Akane says well believe it or not Master I get scolded a lot and Urara is, is immediately like yeah I'm not surprised in the slightest of course you do <laughs> you act out a lot Um uh, but Akane says, you know, whenever people do kind of like scold me like that, when they're harsh with me and severe with me, I could I could tell that they did have my best interest at heart. So even more than wanting to learn the story from Master Hasho, I want to prove to him that I'm worthy of him. Because if not, I can't progress as a Rakugoka. Uh, so. Uh. Urara says, like, okay, well, you should go on and get to your practice, but Akane stops it there and says, oh, no, no, I wanted to ask you something, which is, what do you desire? <gasps> uh, so Urara says, all right, well, I'll, I'll tell you, because we've talked about this before. What I want to do is for my name, Urara Ransaika, to leave a mark on history as a myoseki. The those are the names of especially renowned Rakugoka, which are then reused within their school for generations afterward. The very first female Shinuchi did not come until the Heisei era, era barely 30 years ago. There are still no Myoseki that bear the names of female Rakugo performers. So she wants to be the first ever to achieve that goal. Well, uh, like her. Yeah. She's just like, I want, you know, to be the one that, like, everyone is looking up to as they are striving to become Rakugoka in the future. I want people to take, to want to fight for the prestige of taking on my name, which is pretty big flex, but it's no. a pretty big, I mean, that's, that sounds pretty awesome when she puts it that way. That's, that's great. And when she explains that, you know, and she even says, like, it, that this would be the perfect, like, revenge to get back on all those people who said a woman couldn't do rock ago. Uh, but Akaya thinks about it and is like, oh, man, to leave your name as a rock ago in history. And then she imagines it happening to her. And she's like, oh, my God, that would be so cool. And immediately Arara looks at her as her face, you know, lights up. And she's like, you were just thinking you wanted to do it, too, didn't you? Ah, uh, uh, Okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, Urar says, well, you know, if you want to do that, then you have to at least be the best of your generation. You need to understand who you need to surpass. And Akane thinks of a conversation that she had with Rokuro, which is that if she wants to be the best in her generation, she has to surpass Kaisei, who has been, you know, like, still just kind of like a lurking presence in the background since like he first showed up. Uh, we've seen like one performance of his really. Uh, and that's just kind of been it. Yeah. We so saw it's him performing like chapter what, like four very, very early on. Uh, so, you know, just kind of setting him up as a very long-term rival. It feels like, uh, so, uh, Urara kind of like pushes Akane like, oh, you got to go meet uh, with uh, Master Hasho, so get, get, get going. And so she rushes off and uh, Urara sa says to herself, so you want to be a Myoseki? 
But do you realize that could cause a permanent parting of the ways? And the uh, parting that is visualizes between uh, Isho and, uh, and Shiguma. So it seems like this might be something that happened in their past, which we don't really know a whole lot about beyond just like they had a disagreement over the expulsion in the yes. first chapter. Uh, Akane meets up with Hasho, and Hasho, the first thing he says is, okay, look, I just want to impress upon you the, the importance of what I'm doing, because I'm taking a story that's been refined over dozens, hundreds of hours, and I'm just basically giving it to you. Uh, this is how Rakugo has been passed down through the ages. You're going to learn many more stories this way over the course of your life, and I just want you to keep in mind how much effort has gone into refining each story over time, even if you don't see it. And he does kind of apologize, like, look, I'm sorry, I kind of built that up, but I just, I, I feel like it's important that you know that. Uh, but Akane says, no, I actually understand that. Nobody wants their friend treated badly. Aww. And of course, I was like, wait, wait, what? Friends? And I uh, wasn't present for that conversation. <laughs> I like what I can only presume is his wife kind of laughs. She's like, what a funny way of saying things. Mm -hmm. Um. So, uh, yeah, they they get set, uh, and uh, we cut away from there back to Urara, who is just continuing to be like, just casually the coolest woman in the world because she's you know in her time off she's like I'm just shooting pool just. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, Mayura is talking to her about Akane and stuff, and 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 she says, "Yeah, I'll keep her around depending on how she develops." Uh, and Mayura's got a look on her face, so she says, hey, you know what I always say? I don't care who inherits my name as long as they're good enough, and it's possible to take the Yoseki of a different school if necessary, which means that even you could take over my name, Hikaru Koragi. And hey, we haven't seen Hikaru for a while, and uh, here she is, apparently also going to learn something from Aurora, but not as like her student or anything, because she is now part of the Arakawa school. She now goes by Hikaru Arakawa, not by her celebrity name, uh, at least when she's performing Rakugo. Uh, and they, uh, she also notes that she's going to be facing off against Akane again very soon. Bum, 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 bum. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I think uh, Aurora and Akane's ambitions are, like, super admirable and cool. I don't like the end of the chapter works incredibly strong for me just because I feel like Akane is, be uh, like, above these people. <laughs> like, yeah, I know she's I, not. I, I, There's I, a lot of lessons that she's not. Uh, or she is in certain ways, but not in other ways. But, like, it does feel like her and, like, the DJ guy are both, like, second fiddles to her. So I, I don't quite buy that was, like, an intimidating thing other than, like, oh, maybe we'll get some, like, ship teasing or whatever. I would argue the point a little bit uh, with you. I would, I should say. Uh, given that, like, it feels like now they both build up this kind of, like, long-term people which makes sense you know rakugo is not an extremely wide field so it makes sense that they're going to be growing up in the rakugo world together so it's nice to keep tabs on them as yeah. rivals of groups but 
this chapter did just impress the point of the person that Akane's got to surpass is neither of them. It's someone that is clearly way above their level. So, yes, I, I definitely see your point of like, oh, well, she kind of already beat them before. So shouldn't we like be focusing on the next thing? Um, but, uh, you know, this is not a particularly huge chapter. I do really like the way that Urara presents how big an accomplishment it would be to leave a mark on Rakugo history the way that she plans to. Uh, and you, I do totally buy that Akari would just be like, oh, that'd be so cool. I want to do that. <laughs> um, but other than that, it's just like, it's just, you know, a nice kind of like progression chapter, you know, to, checking in on a couple of different things as we keep on moving the plot forward. Yeah. Let's talk about b -b 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 Blue Box. Uh, Love is in the air, Nick. Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it depends on, you know, like if you've got like a strong fan, you know, you blow it out after Valentine's Day. Sometimes it takes a while to, you know, like air out uh, the building. Yeah, you, you want to open the window every so often. Love gets stale eventually. <laughs> kind of stinky. <laughs> I'm not going to... I'm not going to indicate that I agree with that in any way, just in case <laughs> Nicole ever listens to this. You're like, I just found the phrasing funny. Sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> I'm not going to say it, just in case I get taken out of context. All right. Blue Box, chapter number 89. You make a, you. Sometimes sentence fragments don't make for good chapter titles. That's. Um. Shinatsu wakes up uh, bright and early in the morning. Uh, and as she wakes up, the first thing she thinks about is uh, what her teammate said to her uh, about how we can't all just put in the same effort that you do and you're being really presumptive. Uh, but her thoughts are interrupted because she hears, you know, a, a clattering from outside her room and she immediately just kind of like chuckles because she hears Taiki go, oh, crap! Um... So she gets out of bed and uh, she, you know, gets dressed and heads into the kitchen where Taiki, uh, uh, Taiki's mom has put together their bentos today. Um, and uh, there's, you know, a little bit more of a continuation of the, oh, I slept in, so I didn't make your bentos because I was watching the K-dramas uh, last night. Uh, and Taiki, you know, remarks like, oh, you didn't sleep in this time. And she's like, you should be thankful that I wake up extra early every morning for you guys. Good point. Yeah, the mom is and, having none of his shit. Yeah, so they're like, yeah, we 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 are grateful. Thank you. Good. Then treat me to cake from the department store. <laughs> you fool! You walked into it. Like you can't you can't do that. So, um, so they both get set to leave for their early morning workouts, and Chinatsu says to Taiki, "Hey, have you ever felt like you know like skipping morning practice?" And like he privately thinks, like, I probably would actually skip more if it weren't for her. But hey, anything to keep you, you know, motivated. Uh, but uh, he says, yeah, you know, sometimes I don't want to, like, get out of bed in the morning. Uh, but when that happens, I try to imagine my future self. And when I do, I know I'd regret if I just went back to sleep. I would probably hate myself a little bit if I did. And that's how I was able to get up today, too. So you just got to keep on going. Uh, and uh, they... You know, Chinatsu's like, you're a good hard, you're a good hard worker, Taiki. And they, they both leave. Uh, Taiki uh, thinks to himself as they're going, like, maybe she was thinking of, like, skipping practice today. Which, I mean, I wouldn't blame her because, you know, of all the stuff going on with Yumeka. 
but you know she still sticks with it because that's what she does Yumiko's wrong about Shinatsu Senpai. Like, oh, we're back on this. We're back on this point. You got <laughs> no effort to understand what's going on. Just like, no, Shinatsu's been wronged, which I understand. You know, he's he's the he's the boy in love with her. So, um, but he also thinks to himself, like, look, you know, Shinatsu's got a goal she wants to accomplish. It's not like she's having an easy time doing everything. And I really wish that Yumika had stayed close to her. Which is, yeah, I get that. Uh, at the gym later that day, the boys basketball coach shows up and uh, he says, yeah, uh, so I've got an extra ticket to the first match of the girls winter cup. Uh, and my wife purchased it, but uh, her mom's back went out. So she's staying at home. So I've got an extra ticket. Uh, and immediately Taiki's like, I want that ticket. Because <laughs> they'll get to see Chinatsu play. Uh, but um so the the coach is like, don't you have practice? And Taiki's like, uh, it won't be for me. It's for a friend. Ooh. Uh, but as he is reaching out for it, Dickbag <laughs> reaches past him and plucks it out of the coach's hand. And he's like, I'll take it. You know, because I'm actually going to watch it. So I should take priority. And the coach, I love that he's just like, I don't care. <laughs> I do not care. <laughs> he's like, I'm out. You guys handle it. Yep. You know, I've got two people who want it, which is one more than I was hoping for. So I am <laughs> out of here. Yeah. Someone physically took it out of my hand. I'm a responsible adult and I am leaving. If you guys kill one another. No, I left before it. Coach, they're building an arena and are strapping on battle armor. Yep, but I gave away the tickets. I do not care. <laughs> it's gone. Out of my hands. Can't do anything legally. Can't fire me or, Look, or arrest me. I bear no responsibility for two children fighting over a ticket that I gave them. So, peace. <laughs> I maybe, Is it even my ticket? What's a ticket? I've never seen a basketball I, before in my life. You guys feel like you're you making things up. Some- you told us about like your wife with her back when I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, well what, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to use my wife's ailments to 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 hurt me? What's wrong with you, kid? Come on. Yeah. Anything you're the monster, you should be going to jail. Officers, arrest that child. <laughs> you're under arrest for abusing your coach's feelings. <laughs> oh man, not again. <laughs> uh. So yeah, like you know. Taiki's like, what the hell? And Matsuoka's like, hey, I claimed it first and I play basketball. I should have it. Uh, so Taiki's just like, I just don't want this guy to just fucking get close to Chinatsu Senpai. Um, so they, Taiki's getting angry at him. Matsuoka says, all right, well, let's decide it by a competition. Let's say whoever can do shuttle runs the longest will win. Uh, Taiki's like, why that? And he says, well, I mean, like, we're both good at our own sport, so running is fair, I say. So we'll just, you know, run to there and back. Uh, and so people are, like, watching this, and they're, of course, you know, it's like, it's guys, like, watching two guys having a testosterone contest, so the media, they're getting a little bit of attention. And they're saying, like, oh, Matsuoka's, he's, like, in basketball. His endurance is going to be better. He's older. He's clearly got the advantage. They say that he ran 10 kilometers a day when he was in the States. So he challenges Taiki, and Taiki, of course, does not back down. He's me, like, I'm in. Yeah. But we're not done quite yet. Uh, 
we catch up a bit with Chinatsu as she is walking with her team uh, as they're off to do uh, some more practice. Uh, and uh, so Chinatsu says, I'm going to drop by my house. Uh, so she parts ways with the team and she happens to spot the dental clinic that Taiki had warned her off from going towards after he ran into Yumeka there. So she happens to see him and is like, oh, yeah, this is the place that Taiki went to to get his freaking cavity fixed. And of course, at that exact moment, Yumeka happens to walk outside because she's going on an errand. This is the dentistry of convenience. It really is. Yeah, it really is. So, of course, you know, at, at first, Jinatsu is just like surprised to see her there. But then the guy who, you know, looks at her out, follows her outside for a second to say like, oh, can you pick this up too? And he refers to her as Goto. And immediately, Jinatsu is like, Goto, I thought your last name was Keto, and so you make a doesn't miss a beat, just looks at her and says, "Yeah, when I graduated from junior high, my parents got divorced." And Chinatsu's uh, like, "I I had no idea," and Yumeka says, "Well, I mean, you know, it happens, and it wasn't really worth bringing up." But then she catches the look that Chinatsu is giving her, which is very like hurt uh -huh. big wide dark eyes and she says you really never tell me anything meanwhile the guys are gonna run yeah. uh, <laughs> thrilling uh no i mean it's good it's you know there's it's it's very amusing that there's like as you mentioned like this big testosterone fight going on and i could not care less about it but i'm just like Janatsu, tell her how you really feel. <laughs> There's yeah. bent up feelings here. Go for it. Tell her that you're hurt by the fact that she stopped being friends with you. <laughs> like, it sucks. Yeah. Uh, I do, yeah, love that there is potential that they might hash some stuff out. And meanwhile, Taiki is over here like, I've got to win that ticket and force Yumeka for some reason to go watch the basketball game so that she'll start hanging out with Janatsu Senpai again. <laughs> like, just... It's such a it's such a teen boy thing to do. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. So yeah, great great chapter. Uh, I was quite surprised that suddenly Yumeka and Chinatsu are thrown into having what seems like it's gonna have like a big emotional moment, but uh, I'm here for it. So. Yeah, and the agency is there. It's not just Taiki deciding he needs to be the instigating factor in everything. Absolutely. <sighs> All right, Nick. I think. I got about Morg. two more series in me. Morg. 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 It's Cypher Academy. It's the Morgs. Chap. Hang on. Chapter twelve. The speed lines make this this title very difficult to read. Chapter twelve. Patience is the source of eternal peace. Treat anger as a coat. <laughs> These titles are so wild. They're great. I love uh, them. We begin the chapter a bit in media res as Iroha is storming down the hallway of the academy. And a few of the students are like, what the heck is he doing? Why is he looking so angry? And Iroha marches right up to a girl who has black gloves on as she is kind of, I think, arranging her pencil case or something. Uh, and uh, yeah, barely bats an eye at, at him. Uh, but... We see that uh, you got to, uh, oh gosh, forget I forget her friend's name. The short hair girl uh, is like, uh, yeah, so Coco or something like that, something like that. Uh, so she basically just like, what's what's going on? Why is why is Aroha doing a thing? 
And uh, uh, so you got to just says like, I mean, Yukako. Ah, okay. So she's like, I mean, I have no idea why. Well, maybe it has to do with and and she literally like stares off into the background and a thought bubble appears on her head. And Yukako says, "That's what the hell is with that old way of introducing a flashback?" But it's it's very weird because the thought bubble doesn't actually go to the it thing that she's not. thinking about. It's like whoop whoop whoop, and then you're like, I scanned in the next page. You're like, ah, the flashback, right? Which featured her presenting Iroha with a puzzle, which is specifically never solved. So, okay, bye. We'll <laughs> deal with it. It's going to be dramatically revealed at some point. According to the note and the margin from Kagoi, no, it won't be. Uh, we'll no. see. Well, that would be really funny. <laughs> she was just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. So, apparently, Iroha met up with Yugata a little bit earlier. And uh, she's he he's just like sorry, but like looking at letters right now still makes me feel a little bit dizzy. And uh, you got is like yeah yeah sorry, I, I guess I did kind of go a little bit too far. So I don't want things to be awkward with you as my classmate. So here here I'll, as an apology, I will answer one question you have. No strings attached. Uh, it, I don't even mind if it's like about the code that Yukako gave you that like you only like half solved. Um, but Ira says, okay, well, I've got a question about Toshisai. Why does she talk about butts so much? <laughs> the answer we have actively all been wondering. I've <laughs> been wondering about this. And uh, he, he just says, like, I mean, look, I'm not going to say that she can't talk the way that she wants to. Because, you know, she's a good person. But I just think that, like, you know, the way that she speaks can sometimes, like, be kind of like invite tension so i'm kind of worried about that and you got to says it was a punishment game which i was completely not expecting it, it makes sense though like we just we kept joking are you like why does she keep talking about butts all the time uh, and now we have the answer is she lost the punishment game so she's got to talk about butts so many times uh, so many times a day yeah uh Oh, my God. Uh, her vocabulary was stunted at birth. <laughs> Shocking, unspeakable things that she says. So um, she lost a code battle with someone and has been obligated to say something about rear ends 10 times a day since then. And I guess instead of just like getting in front of the mirror and just saying butts, 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 she's like, no, I'm going to work this into my vocabulary. Like, it, 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 Few times it'd be great if she's like getting to the end of this she's like oh my god oh my god seven times so she has to like call up a pizzeria and she's like do you guys have any butts on the menu that's a real pain <laughs> in my butt anyway i hate to butt in but i gotta go click <laughs> they're just like hello do you want a pizza what's <laughs> i don't want to bother you but <laughs> um and so you got this like yeah so she holds up or you know her end of that remember when she like knelt before you when after losing your code battle it's it's like that she follows the punishment and your gets really upset about this uh and uh she he says you know like who imposed the punishment on her and you got to like is very shocked when she looks at him clearly your is already boiling over and she says oh it was it was Iesuno no hime uh, she's, you know, in our class, number 12, born March 14th. Uh, she is the sole member of the Academy who was a member of the nobility. 
Uh, and uh, so that's what happened. So Iroha has gone to confront her about this. But uh, Nohime has an entourage of people who are trying to intimidate Iroha. But hey, Iroha has made like a couple of friends at this point, uh, especially in the you know, last puzzle. So all the people that he kind of teamed up with beyond Toshisai are there to back him up uh, when, when they try and intimidate him. Uh, so there's a bit of a square off there. And meanwhile, there's a few people who are kind of like observing the proceedings with interest because they're like, ooh, faction warfare. Everyone loves a good war games match. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, Iroha says, you know, confronts her about that. And Nohime says like, look, even Virgo and reach of base origins like you can understand. I only determined an appropriate catchphrase and presented it to her as a noble who respects her station in life. It was a natural show of noblesse oblige. And I was like, you were mean to her. <laughs> so, so. Yeah, I do like how he just comes in. He's just like, why are you such a meanie? Why are you being, that's not nice. And she's like, oh, so you, so you look down upon me commoner and any road is just like code battle, double or nothing. If I win, then you void uh, her punishment. Um, so uh, she says, well, if we're talking about the way people talk, you've got a favorite catchphrase, which is elementary. Which, as it turns out, is actually pronounced with Iroha's name in it. So that's why he's kind of drawn to it. Uh, so, but she notes that, like, oh, you say this thing that's got your name in it as if, like, it's your way of, like, putting your stamp on it. Like, you know, you know you're, you're proudly stating your name as you go into battle. So if I win this match, your catchphrase will change from elementary to butt end. Oh, I, butt end. <laughs> I love this. She just can't. Like, everything's butts with her. She's like, lost the match to me. You had to draw seven butts a day. Your name's Butthead. You smell like butts now. I made, I'll make the rules. These are the rules. Uh, uh, and Iroha is back up. Obero, it just like has to like hide a laugh, like <laughs> coughing into her sleep. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. So Iroh is like, all right, that's I get you now. I, I understand how you work. This is how you trample on human dignity. It's such an extra thing. She's just making her say butt a couple times that's a day, it. but he's definitely like, you monster! I'll so, kill you! So he spins a chair around so that he can confront her at her desk, sits down and is like, you're on. This will be elementary. So Nohime says, then present your question. And Iroh is like, but what? Uh, so Ensa comes in and explains like, yeah, you requested the code battle. So it's customary for you to set the question. So here you go. Here's a sheet of paper so you can give her a code, which I mean, yeah, like every every time that Iroha has had to solve a, a, a code or a puzzle that a classmate has given him, it's because they've challenged him to it and he has accepted it. So. I kind of like this uh, in terms of like, you know, the, the the challenger presents it. And so you have to like defend your territory by solving the puzzle. Uh, it, it it makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, he starts to go over the puzzle and he asks. And so like, hey, you got you had music class today, didn't you? Can I see your notes? Uh, we cut away to see that uh, Yokoko is 
taking Yugata and like leading her down the hall like what the fuck did you do why did you send Yuroha after her and Yugata's just like I just you know I answered the question and yeah so um so uh and you, you they're like this is terrible like you know Nohime is the present head of the family that founded the academy she's the one who scouted Kogoe for the class win loser tie Iroha is not going to be just walking away from this Iroha is in trouble again uh so he presents a cipher to Nohime which is a musical staff which a bunch of notes on it I don't know how to read music I have no idea how to so. do it yeah <laughs> Uh, it's all it's all nonsense to me and uh that's it uh so i guess we'll see how this goes for iroha all right uh this is a cool chapter i I thought i like this stuff uh obviously uh there's some extracurricular stuff we need to discuss when it comes to cypher academy um i'm sure you have to have heard about this news that uh the current translator so. for Cypher Academy is leaving after next chapter. Ooh. Chapter 13 is going to be our last. Uh, Kumar, and I apologize. I'm going to butcher this. Uh, Sivasuba Menan. Now, screwed that all up. I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, they have been doing it uh, for since the beginning. Uh, and now they are leaving and uh, did an interview with Kotaku about it. And it sounds as though uh, what they were looking for was uh, more time or money to translate this series, which mm. makes sense. Uh, it's just like we have somebody else. So uh, chapter 13 will be the last one. Um, and then a new translator will be starting for it. Uh, and it's a bummer. Uh, I think this series has been an absolute monolith to try to translate. Probably, oh yeah. Probably the worst series that jump has done. And it's like crossovers. It's, it's, it's so demanding. Um, and I'm bummed to see somebody lose their job, uh, when it really does feel like they should be getting, uh, more money or time or something like that, uh, to translate a series that has probably double the time it takes to translate any other series. Even in a chapter like this, which like there's no like super complicated puzzle that gets presented, there's no giant blocks of text. There's still like all the notes from Kagoe that have to be translated on top of just the stuff that's actually in the story. That's so much work. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely understand why, like at the very least, a demand to be you know given more time to work on it uh, would uh, you know be like a reasonable you know request so that that's unfortunate uh yeah so uh, i do want to thank kumar for, uh, because i enjoy cypher academy and uh, their work is uh no small part in why we've been able to get it uh and i hope uh they have great luck in the future and um i'm a little disappointed in the hiring process there but mm all companies seem to be bastards um the other thing yeah that to say nothing about all the crunchyroll stuff that came out in the last couple days yeah uh the other thing is i foolishly mentioned last week uh when like aroa had his heart shattered upon losing the code fight i was like this is so extra i can't understand how anyone couldn't love this and our discord said we'll tell you why (laughs) and (laughs) legit 
I think like maybe 50% of like everybody in our discord proceeded to just roundly talk about how much they fucking hate Cypher Academy like in a row. It was vicious. It was like four straight hours of just shitting on Cypher Academy. And I legit was like watching it happen. And I was like, I think I'm just going to message Nick and ask if we could stop talking about it. Because I was like, Aww. I was like getting so That defeated. did not happen, by the way. No, I, I ultimately decided not to. Because I was like, everybody also seems to say they enjoy listening to us talk about Cypher Academy. And I don't think anyone would want to. Uh, but I was like, definitely That's like true. me getting yes. like very uh, defeated over it and be like, oh, it doesn't even matter. Uh, is, but then I realized that it's you and me, Nick and Ninja. We're the only ones that love this series. I will say that, yes, like, uh, we are going to, I think that people have, have expressed that they do, even if they hate reading it, enjoy us talking about it. Yeah. So I, which I think is a very high compliment <laughs> and I do appreciate it guys. So, yeah. So they're going. Cool. If only you guys could appreciate us the same way when we hate the series you love. <laughs> yeah, it was fun that we thought Red Hood sucked, Mulder Man. It was funny. Um, yeah, uh, good times. Uh, but anyway, yeah, those are the things yes. that are going on. Uh, and then we move into another series. I'll have a giant conversation yeah. about it. Uh, and this uh, is also, you- I think, the the episode's going to have to end after this point. I'm, I'm starting to kind of hit my limit i i totally understand you quinn so we'll we'll kind of call a bit of a uh to be continued on on uh this uh week's uh, chapters with gink and luna chapter 22 oh right all right i can do two more i I forgot about gink and luna i was planning to go oh of course we've got to do the big one we got to do the main event (laughs) gink and luna chapter 22 nosferatu uh the black evil magic mages have been defeated uh by luna and guard whose name i still can't remember this uh he has like a simple it's lock it yeah it is it is i this series will probably end before i remember his name there's not a chance the series is running that much longer this can't it can't this chapter like kind of set up towards the end of like i have a super special evil spell to do Mm -hmm. and you're like oh the kind that (laughs) the heroes stop and save the world kind of evil spell uh so yeah like they they say like look just kill us do you think you're being merciful because like we're using dark magic and it eats away at the humanity of the caster great power always comes at a cost and then they look at luna and say what did you offer up in exchange because of course she uses dark magic that's what ginkra taught her how to use uh meanwhile ginkka is running around with the kid uh, they stumble somehow into a giant playroom with a ton of stuffed animals in it. And Ginka looks around and goes, oh, I know what this is. Uh, meanwhile, Nosferatu has taken the stage in the middle of this festival. And everyone's like, oh, hey, the mage who grows trees and fruit and stuff for us to have. Yay! Uh, and uh, he says, you know, thank you for letting me just like interrupt your super important festival for this. Is everyone here happy? Got, you know, good homes, food to eat, fulfilling jobs, friends. But somehow this happiness is incomplete, isn't it? What is this hole within our hearts? And we get a flashback. He was a he was he he was he was, he was a sociopath. He 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 did not have the same like 
emotional connections as a kid. Like he establishes, like I grew up with a wealthy family. I had anything that anyone could ask for, but it felt like my life was incomplete. One day, my friend's dog died, and he wouldn't stop crying. He was he was completely heartbroken by it. Uh, and what shocked me the most was when he finally kind of came out of it. He talked about his dog, you know, in a way where he indicated like it, his life had changed. He would talk about those memories with his dog, like they were beautiful treasures. And he was always troubled that he would never get to re-experience them. He had overcome his horrible despair and he had emerged the stronger for it. Yet at the same time, it left me with a terrible sense of unease. So I went home and I killed my own dog. Ah! ah, he's a bad guy, Nick. But he didn't feel despair, of course. He says, I did not feel anything at all. Only those who know despair are capable of feeling happiness. And there was nothing in this world that could cause me despair. Therefore, I could not feel happiness. Even this fact did not stir my heart. For something to truly cause me despair, it would need to be the absolute pinnacle of terror. Uh, we get this very strong implication that uh, he killed his family in an effort to make himself feel bad so that he would then be able to feel happy. Yay, good times. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, in the playroom, Ginka has come across a statue uh, with an altar. Uh, and he says, this doofus is trying to resurrect Makaraka. He calls him a doofus. <laughs> I, I do love that phrase, eh? doofus. <laughs> um. And uh, Geika says, like, yeah, Magaraka was a real-life magician who lived in the Verokian era. Uh, and the kid's like, wait, would it even be possible to resurrect him? And Geika says, I mean, with enough magical energy? Sure. Uh, and, and so he's basically trying to bring about, you know, the, the empire that launched a massive artificial moon into the sky, a world of dreams where everything was possible. Ooh. Uh, and Nosferatu is trying to cause worldwide cataclysms so that he can achieve great happiness. Uh, and he gets his flute out and he says, uh, you know, I want to bring happiness to you. But then he has a flashback to when he killed all the people in that village. And turns out farmer guy wanted, wanted to, the best for his son. He, he actually asked Nosferatu to take his son on as an apprentice even though he's like kept on being harsh on him and stuff. Oh, he wasn't a complete and utter total bad dad. Yeah, he was was a little bit of a good guy when you get right down to it. And of of course, the guy was like, fuck you, killed everyone. (laughs) After specifically saying, why would I do that, you smelly asshole? And (laughs) he killed everyone. I'm Uh, starting to think Nick Nosferatu may not be on the up and up. He might not be a good guy. This guy who's named after a vampire might not be a great person. (laughs) Hey, not all vampires, Nick. Not all of them. There's got to be like one or two cool ones out there. Dio, no. Alucard, no. (laughs) Which Alucard? Strahd, no. (laughs) All right, hold on. Give me a moment. I'm going to find a good vampire. It's so many. Blade is a half vampire. That has to count, right? (laughs) There's so many good vampires you could choose from. No, I can't think of one, Nick. Name no. a good vampire. Uh, I don't know. Uh, the other Alucards. <laughs> I mean, yes, if we're just going to name Alucards. Yeah, but which Alucard? Yeah, the good one. So. The, good, the good one. <laughs> 
So Nosferatu makes a very uncharacteristic face. Uh, he actually looks kind of happy in a weird way. And he's like, I'm going to kill everyone. But then, oh my God, the bell in the bell tower rings. What's happening? Oh, the kid is ringing it and alerting everyone that they need to run. And Ginka is rushing to stop Nosferatu saying, we ain't going to let you get away with this. And also Locke and Luna are racing towards the scene as well. So uh, seems like the big climactic battle of this arc uh is, uh, <laughs> series? is, is about to happen um yeah we are i mean we are entering the next rotation of series ending uh high school family had its last chapter uh this week i don't know what all chapters uh, series are going to end but it seems like this we know this what's is one of the ones we know what's ending next list. week yes <laughs> we don't know all of them though yes it's, it's all the time so um yeah uh, i you know um this feels like we're moving very quickly, but I, I do like the effort being put in. I feel like Nosferatu's story is one I'd actually be engaged with if we had like a little bit more time to get to know time. this yeah. character and his arc. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, I'm braced for it. I'm ready for it. I've been waiting for this for, for like six months, so yeah. I'm, it'll be okay. So I can stop you. Okay, I've got a puzzle for you, Quinn. I'm not. And I, I'm, I'm not I think you can do this one. I think you can do this I'm one. So sleepy. Okay. Uh, Ready? Yes. All right. Members of Parental Council parody oh. part ways with pimping, pornography, and police work. Uh, I mean, it's his right to censor. It is definitely uh, right to censor. And I, I, I suppose this is specifically referring to Stephen Richards because the other three are the ones. Well, I guess Ivory as well. I don't know if she was mm-hmm. mentioned in there, uh, but the other three are, are Godfather. Um, well, I guess you didn't mention Mr. Ass. Uh, he was never part of right to censor. That's right. They made him change his name because of that it was it was Godfather, right. Bulby Cannon and Valvinus. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the the thing about this group, which for those of you who are not aware, uh, there was a lot of like really raunchy stuff uh, in the late 90s in WWF, including The Godfather, who was a pimp, Val Venus, who was a male porn star, and they were forced to join a group of like Puritan assholes who said that the WWF was super filthy. But among the people who changed their gimmick to join the group and thus getting rid of their very raunchy gimmick was Bull Buchanan, who was the big boss man's cop sidekick. So <laughs> it didn't really fit with the others. Oh, no. Bobby B. B um, squared, no. My favorite member of John Cena's various cohorts. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, All right. that was a good one. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I have a wrestler for you to guess if you can get him in a minute. Uh, let's see if I can. All right, Nick. One minute starting now. All right. Uh, are they in WWE? No. Are they currently active as a wrestler? No. Okay. Uh, have they wrestled for WWE? Yes. In the past 10 years? No. Uh, in this millennium? Yes. Okay. Uh, so they were active in like the 2010s. Uh, did they start wrestling in the Attitude Era? Um, yes. 90s. Nin- yeah. 90s, yeah. 90s. Okay. Okay. Uh, did they win a world title? Uh, yes. Ooh. Was it the WWE Championship? Uh, no. <laughs> was it the WCW Championship? Yes. Ooh. 
Did they win any championships besides that one? Yes. Okay. Oh. Uh shit. Um Okay. Did they win a tag team championship? Yes. Okay. Is it Booker T? It is not Booker T. Shit. Okay. <laughs> uh, that, that is the timer. Okay, I got one more, basically. Yep. I got one more guess. Is it? Is it? Is it Scott Steiner? Holla if you hear me, Nick. It is Big Pop Pump Scott Steiner. Oh, man. I'm really happy with that one. I didn't even have, like, that was not, like, I didn't have a lot to narrow that down. I was just like, I just feel like it's Scott Steiner. You said, is he a tag team champion? I was like, yes, in like four different he companies. He so, was, yeah. I hope that helps. Oh, man. Yeah, happy with that one. Great. Yeah, good job. Oh, man. <laughs> if you guys don't know who Scott Steiner is, just look up Scott Steiner. <laughs> just look up Steiner Math. I guarantee everyone's heard of Steiner Math at this point. I, I feel like it'd be impossible I for really somebody not so. to have heard of it. I showed Nicole that honestly within like the last couple of weeks. <laughs> and she was like, I kind of get what this guy's about. You're like, I'm kind of enamored with this guy. I can't understand him. <laughs> I kind of dig his vibe. Uh, I don't know why there's this short version of him standing next to him. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with his arms? You're like, a lot. <laughs> everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about PPP, PPP, uh, chapter 69. I can't worry for ending on a chapter 69. Da, because it's about da da, or da 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 da, whatever you want to say. Da 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 da. So, da da is talking with. Uh, his fellow student who was also in the series proper in a part that I haven't read, uh, where uh, she says to Dada that she's not going to be doing piano anymore. He's like, what? why? And she's like, yeah, no, I'm going to college. Thanks. It's been fun going to school with you and studying and stuff. Bye. And that's just it. It's like, oh, okay. Um, so Dada just says like, yeah, so I'm an 18 year old uh, kid. Uh, I've always played the piano uh, and I thought I was meant to be a pianist, but I learned that was just a dream. And the reason that his mindset was changed was because he encountered Gakwan Otogami and experienced his playing and saw the vast difference between them, how he had just been born a genius and he wasn't. Uh, so that I was, disheartened there's a heavy implication that his classmate quit for like the same reason it seems like mm. uh so he went out riding his motorcycle like you do uh in the rain but uh as he was going out and he was just you know like kind of thinking about stuff and he just like wanted to get away from from everything but then a huge clap of thunder caused a fucking aval avalanche to fall on him but he survived and by a miracle it made him play piano more good. He's like Doctor Strange, but <laughs> with a fucking piano. Uh, so, yeah, when he played The Tempest, uh, somehow, according to him, the soft sounds that emanated from the piano, thanks to my injured hands, became a performance you could viscerally experience. Don't do this. <laughs> Go to the hospital. 
so Dada's only thought was like, hey, maybe I can beat Gakuen Otagami with this. And so he begged to be included in a small concourse that was, you know, being sponsored by uh, a friend of Gakuan's patron. And so he knew that Otogami was going to participate in it, but he was going to participate. He was going to perform uh, prior to him. Uh, and there was n- like nobody in the audience except for like Gakuan and like three people sitting behind him. Uh, so, but Dada started playing and he was just thinking like this guy's been born special and i just wanted him to experience my performance and understand what it means to be a normal average person to not be special and as he played the audience like filled up with like duplicates of gakwan all watching him but at the end of it gakwan was laughing happily and he just went home without playing so the story became legend, uh, like, oh, he beat Gakuen Otogami, but that's how he beat him. And he, Dada says, I didn't understand the meaning behind his smiling face. That's why I gave up on becoming a pianist. So, damn. Yeah, it's pretty heavy. Like, I, like this guy who was so far above me, I thought I could beat him. I performed. And all he did was smile, and I don't understand why he smiled. And because I didn't understand that, I quit. Yeah. So extra. So so artsy and extra. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, very, very extra. Very, very weird. Um, it's hard to talk about this chapter without talking about the news that we got that next week is the last chapter of PPPVP. Like how? How can, how can this story conclude next week? Uh, there is always the possibility that there will be another chapter digital. I shouldn't say digital exclusive, volume exclusive. Um, that will provide a little bit more context. Same way like Build King got it and other series. Um, but yeah, there's like a tremendous amount of just like, I don't know where the satisfying conclusion is. It's not going to get a long chapter. It's not like it's a special series yeah. ending. Uh, it's just gonna get the same like 19 pages and it's somehow it, gotta put some kind of satisfactory conclusion in there yeah is it possible that it's going to be moved or is it just gonna be concluded i believe no i believe concluded because the um the end little thing is like thank you for all your support uh which usually is the the phrase you use when you're you're ending um it's unfortunate uh, I may not have loved PvP in the most, like, recent, like, sort of chunk, but, I mean, it's inarguable that this is, like, one of the more special series in Jump, um, just in terms of being so kind of abstractly different. And uh, it's a shame to see that it's going to end, but particularly that it's going to end in such a weird place. Um, yeah. I have to wonder at what point was it, specifically decided that this series was going to end i remember mentioning something when we got that mamin and maloli chapter that was like this kind of feels like a conclusion yeah um but then we got like a chapter that was just about dawn and now we're in the the dada flashback and like i can kind of see like dada there was a there was a little hint that that sixth sibling would get a little bit of focus and then they didn't so they just like kind of like went off somewhere else 
Um, we won't presumably yeah. get to see a conclusion with Sora Chica. Um, I don't, yeah. I don't know what the final chapter is going or, to be. Or, yeah. Um, I, I don't know, but, um, it is a bummer. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Um, it's, uh, yeah. And it'll also, of course, be bringing a close to our, uh, our little <laughs> mini games. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Or will miss. it? <laughs> we could just do it wherever. No one could stop us. We could do something else. I it's mean, our podcast. There is literally a manga we recap about puzzles. So we could just move it there. Oh, man. I'm going to have to make people pay attention. You got to actually solve the puzzle to understand the wrestling puzzle. Yeah, I put, I buried a treasure out in the world. And if you listen to all of our podcast wrestling clues, you'll be able to figure it out where it is piece by piece. Um, and then you open it. It's just, it's just like a box of dog biscuits. Just half, it's like a single half eaten dog biscuit. <laughs> I was like, what? I have something for everybody? No, come on. We're in a rough economy. Oh. Yep. All right. All right, Quint. We will call a conclusion to things there. Then we will maybe talk about the rest of the chapters uh, some other time. But yeah, I, uh, I apologize. I, I intend for us to cover Mashal, uh, Lusa, Samurai, Black Clover in one piece perhaps next week. Um, and I apologize for this, but uh, I can. What are you going to do, yeah, dude? Like, I can it's, only do so yeah. much. I'm, I'm coming very close to falling asleep. So we're gonna let Quinn take a break here. Do you do you want to like go through your favorites? Or do you yeah. have any favorites to name? Uh, let's let's do uh, favorites and MVP real quick. It actually works out because I don't think any of the series we were going to talk about really got any nominations for anything. Uh, but you could still use yours if you were planning to mention them. Uh, however, mine is going to be uh, Kane Banashi for chapter of the week, and then Tella for character of the week. Hmm. Uh, I. Pardon me. I'm going to uh, repeat uh, that regarding uh, Akane Banashi. Uh, and in a very depressing way, I think my character leak is Asa, just because like no. there is no character that I that I felt hit harder than her. Just like her just feeling bad about not being able to connect with anyone. Um, it's very sad. Yeah. Uh, so in the worst possible way, Asa, my character of the week. My character of the week, Asa, please get better. Someone please. give her a hug. Please. Um, the audience, by the way, had a tie between Undead Unluck and Akane Banashi for chapter of the week and Kikoru from Kaiju number eight for, or sorry, uh, Kikoru for character of the week, Akane Banashi and Undead Unluck for chapter of the week. My apologies. Gotcha. You're good. You're good. All right, guys, that is going to do it for this week's edition of Weekly Manga Recap. Thank you for joining us. We record the show here on twitch.tv slash RoloT starting usually around 7.30 Eastern time on Wednesday evenings. However, in order to stay updated on when exactly the show goes live, you should follow us on social media and, of course, also join the Discord server, which we will hit up with a notification when the stream goes live. I, I, sh the I should note, by the way, because um, it was asked in our Discord to make it so that people where patrons can get like colored names, which I was like, sure, whatever. Um, I integrated discord with Patreon and doing so meant if you had your discord attached, you automatically got invited to the server. I apologize if that was jarring. Like a lot of people were like, Oh, I'm in the server now. Uh, nobody seems to be actively angry about it, but in case you were curious why you it were was surprising. Over, yeah. Yeah. If you guess you're curious, uh, that is why. And I apologize. Feel free to leave. If you, you're, you're like, I don't, I don't want to, 
having a server. But I, I hope you stay because it's a supreme amount of fun. Yeah, uh, we've got a great community on the Discord server, bi-weekly game nights, discussions of chapters as they come out ahead of the discussion, and, uh, you know, discussions over, you know, like, who 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 looks nice in the chapter, and which boys are twinks and which ones aren't. So uh, join us for such wonderful and uh, can't-miss uh, conversations like that. We'd like to thank everyone who is part of our Patreon, part of our community, uh, as well as those who uh, do a little bit to help out on the kind of production end of things. Uh, Milo Jack Stilson and Winsley Don Cheddar create the opening sequence for the video version of the show, which you can see on YouTube.com slash Manga Recap. Steve Man does dial card art for us occasionally. You can check out his work wherever boobs can be drawn on the Internet under the name Steve Man Art is where he posts stuff. We also like to thank Ninja X3i for keeping track of all sorts of fun and helpful tidbits of information regarding the show, which has been going on for a very long time. And sometimes we literally forget about series that we have talked about for recommendations. But fortunately, there is a master list that you can refer to if you want to know if we've ever talked about something before. Or if you want to just like leave a suggestion for something we can talk about in the future. We'll need some of those suggestions because we will be doing a, a big FMA conversation in the near future. Uh, so if you want us to talk about something else, hey, leave your voice on it. Yeah. And that should be just about everything. Uh, the Patreon, which Quinn mentioned earlier, is patreon.com slash weekly recap if you would like to do something to financially support the show. But as ever, we hope that you just had a good time listening to it. Yeah, thanks, everybody. I will feel better next week. I see a lot of people in chat wishing me well. I, I should be fine. Uh, and we'll talk about Full Metal Alchemist. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, so I don't want to shortchange everybody this week. We, we yeah, it's, uh, yeah. So stay tuned for that. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the show. Thank you. And remember. I don't know what I was going okay. to say. <laughs> I was like, which is why it's so important to remember that. It, there was such a dramatic pause that I was like, oh my God, I'm supposed to say something here. <laughs> and I, I blanked just as much. <laughs>